So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. I got a five-star review from Sharon Peterson Gillespie. Hey there, thanks for the warm welcome. I've been a full-time real estate agent for 10 years. I stumbled across this podcast recently, and I've been very impressed with what I've heard so far. Thank you for what you do for our industry. Sharon Peterson Gillespie. And that was in the Real Estate Rockstars Facebook group. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Wow, we have a great returning guest today, Stacy Brown Randall, the referral expert for real estate agents is on the line. And Stacy just wrote a new book. It's not even out yet, actually, but she's agreed to come on just for your benefit uh, to basically go through the book with us and to talk about how to explode your referrals, how to make massive amounts of referrals this year. Uh, and she's got some really unique things. And we're going to dig really deep into one of the things that's fascinating to me, which is language. I'm always fascinated by language to use and uh, words to use and mannerisms and everything that we do as salespeople to get more business. And we're going to dig deep into that. But first, uh, without further ado, Stacy, welcome back to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you, Pat, so much. I'm excited to be here, excited to be a returning guest to talk to your audience. Hey, why don't you give everybody a little rundown uh, about yourself? I know last episode, I believe you were like 396, um, so was getting close to 200 episodes ago. So why don't you just refresh us, tell, give us your bio. Sure. I feel like you just dated me. <laughs> like you just made me older. I was 200 episodes ago, <laughs> back when I was a spring pup. Um, that's so funny. So the, the quick and dirty, down and dirty bio for me is this. I have a background in sales and marketing, and I have a few other things I've done in my career. But my first entrepreneurial endeavor actually landed in a business failure. And it was from that business failure that I realized if I wanted to have a successful business, I better figure out how to make this business development, this sales and marketing thing work. So when I had the opportunity to start my second business, I was like, okay, let's figure out business development. What am I willing to do? There's lots of things you can do to generate business, lots of things. But what am I willing to do on a day in and day out basis? I kind of settled in on referrals and I kind of created a process that allowed my coaching practice to explode with referrals over a hundred a year, multiple years running now. And then I just started teaching it to people when they asked. And so I have this 
process, these five steps that I now teach to people about how to actually take a simple process, put it into your business so that you can have a referral explosion as well. And I, so I got here, I would say, talking to you by sheer necessity of not wanting another business failure. Wow. I love it. And that's so true. And I, I think that business failures in general are great. We won't go down that road, but, uh, y- you know, it's important for people to have downsides uh, uh, to appreciate anything. So anyways, let's, let's jump into this. Um, okay. So you, first of all, your book is called Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. Right? Yes. That's the key, right? Without asking. I mean, a lot of people don't ask for fear, right? And because it's uncomfortable and I think would embrace a way to do it without ever having to ask, right? Yes. Um, And then the subtitle is a simple five-step plan to a referral explosion, which I love, referral explosion. I love that word. So anyways, let's uh, let's jump into this. For, let's go over the five steps quick, and then we'll jump into a little bit about language and all that good stuff. So, so what's the first step? Sure. And, you know, I'll say it too, Pat, you know, and you hit the nail on the head as to why I wrote the book and why I do what I do, because there are a lot of people that aren't ever going to ask because they have fear about it, because they know it makes people uncomfortable. And so they just want another option. And that's what this is. It's, it's, it's another way to consider doing it without asking. And when people then realize exactly what you said, oh, and then I can follow these five steps and I can have success. It's a much more, I would say, comfortable business development technique to use than it is from for what most people are unwilling to do, which is constantly ask everybody they know and asking all the time. So well, I wrote this thing, book. You know, I think that the whole reason why texting and emailing and, uh, you know, these dating apps and, and all this stuff are exploding is because they lack rejection. Mm-hmm. That human dynamic, Yes. The human dynamic, like if, you know, if you have to call someone and ask them for their business and they say no, it hurts, right? If, if, if they tell you to your face, it hurts, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like getting turned down in a bar. If you're a young person and you're looking for a date and you go to a bar and talk to someone and they turn you down, that, that hurts. Right. But if you're on an app and you don't know them anyways and you're just swiping, swiping or whatever, there's no rejection in that. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well. And I think that's the same thing where if people could get referrals without the rejection, it just makes it so much easier. Am I making any sense? Absolutely. No, you're right. And I think that, you know, we're always taught that we have to, you know, meet with people face to face, right? And then we're going to ask for the referral or ask for the business. And then there's a chance they could reject us, which makes sense that we then retreat now behind our emails or retreat, like you said, behind text messages. And it's not just in business, it's in dating, right? Your example, the dating apps is perfect. We will hide from rejection at all possible. And I get it. And, and, it is a part of life. Like you can't hide completely from rejection. But I would say when it comes to asking for referrals, the reason why you're rejected is because you're actually violating a foundational piece as to why a referral actually happens in the first place. Right? So if I ask you out, right? I mean, I'm not, but if I were (laughs) to ask you out, I would expect that there's going to be a yes or a no. There's a yes, it'll go well and or no, I'll be rejected. But that's because that's how that works. Same thing when I'm going for the, for the sale. Can I, can I help you sell your home, right? I'm going for the ask, right? I'm going to close the business. There's always a level of rejection there. But when it comes to referrals, that fear of rejection is even 10 times worse because we're trying to manufacture something that doesn't actually exist. 
And because we're trying to manufacture something that doesn't exist, the rejection is actually worse because we're putting somebody in a position they didn't want to be in in the first place. They didn't ask to be in in the first place and we're putting it on them. Right. It makes them uncomfortable. So, right. so here it's just much more comfortable for both parties, right? If they don't want to give you a referral, they don't have to. Right. Right. But you're kind of slowly, it's like that uh, old story about the camel in the tent, right? With the, with the, there's an old story, right? And there's a bunch of Arabs out and they're really cold and, and they're in a tent with a fire in it and the camel's outside and he, the camel wants to get warm and they say humans only, you know, they won't let him in a tent. And he says, can I stick my nose in? And they look up and they're like, sure, whatever, you can stick your nose in. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, can I stick my head in? And they're like, oh, sure, you can stick your head in. And then a half hour later, he's like, it's really cold out here. Do you mind if I just stick my front hoofs in? And they're like, all right, go ahead. And then, you know, and then you get the story. Next thing you know, the whole camel's in the tent. Um, it's the same thing with this process of, of not asking for referrals. It's just you're kind of going slowly and then all of a sudden you're getting all these referrals and it's, it's like it's just natural for the people right. which is, and it's natural for you and easy for you just like it was for the people on the camel. You right. Know? Well, and that's kind of the idea here is, is the, the point here is, is to identify our people who are going to be our referral sources, either because they have referred or they should be referring us and then nurturing a relationship with them and then building the habit in them. And that's, that comes down to that language piece that we'll dive into, but then, you know, nurturing the relationship, building the habit in them to become ongoing referral sources. And to your point, Every explosion, for the most part, right, and especially with referrals, it starts as a trickle, and then it builds, and it snowballs, and then it becomes an explosion, and that's the piece that people have to understand is becoming referable and referability is a long-term game, right? I just need you playing so that you have a chance to have this be a sustainable piece of your business coming, maybe not tomorrow, but definitely within months or at least a year. And I think that's the piece that people need to understand is you can eliminate asking. There's still work to do and you need to know what to do. And then you need to be open to the idea that it's possible. Absolutely. Okay. So the first step in this process is the who. We talked a little bit about this on your last episode. Uh, of course, your book wasn't written in your mind yet, but I want to go deeper here today. Um, you know, first of all, explain, explain step one. Like, like, let's talk about it. Sure. So step one is identifying the who. And it is like you're right. We talked uh, some about what does it look like to develop that list of referral sources in the first episode. But kind of like the high level perspective that is, is that we need to know who are your current referral sources now. And you may have a lot and you may not have many. And so if you don't have a lot or you think you need more or you don't have any, you need to develop who would be your soon to be referral sources, who are the people who should be referring you. And what we talked about before was, is I'm not talking about hundreds of people, right? Most people have a dozen or two dozen list of people that become or are their referral sources. But we need to know who are the people currently referring us or have referred us in the past. We wanna start with that list. And the easiest way to get that list is to look at your clients and for those of you who've been in business 10, 15, 20 years, this is a process. You don't have to go all the way back to the beginning, but you need to look at least the last couple of years at the clients that came to you or the prospects that came to you that didn't become clients and how did they find out about you, right? How did they find out about you? Did they come through a Google ad, a networking event, or did somebody refer them to you? And if that's the case, right, then what we're focused on are just the people who referred someone to you. And that list is our referral sources. 
All right, Rockstar Nation, as you know, I wrote a book. It's called Six Steps to Seven Figures, A Real Estate Professional's Guide to Building Wealth and Creating Your Own Destiny. Gary Keller wrote the foreword, and I have sold over 30,000 copies of this thing, and uh, it is the go-to book for all agents, new and experienced, and it's been a really exciting thing for me to do, and I just love giving back. And so I made a decision recently to give away three copies of it. Everybody in the past has always paid in bookstores and online, and you can still pay if you want, but I gave away 100 copies last week, and it happened so fast, and so many of you guys reached out to do this that I'm going to give away another 100 copies now, and so this is a 200 total copy offer. Anybody could get it. I'm going to give it to you for absolutely free. And it's not going to be a, the cheesy version by any means. It's the same book that you would buy in the store. All you need to do is go to freesixstepsbook.com. Freesixstepsbook.com. All I ask is that you pay the shipping and handling on it, but the book itself will be absolutely free. That's freesixstepsbook.com. You can also text the word PAT. Yep, my name, P-A-T, or a shortened version of my name, P-A-T, to 444-999. That's text the word PAT to 444-999 to get a free copy of Six Steps to Seven Figures or go to freesixstepsbook.com. Get them while they're hot, guys. Free books here. And as they say in the baseball game, free books here. So just the people that referred someone to you, and would you also add to that just the people that have been referred to you? So you can. So the first way to look at the list is, okay, let's identify who are our current referral sources, right? The second way to look at the list is, all right, so I've got my current referral sources and I want more. Well, where do I go to generate more? It yeah, could and what be, if I'm a brand new real estate agent? Right, uh, and I don't have any. Area, yeah. Right. So then we look at the next best place to generate sources from. So whether you want more or you don't have any because you're new, the next best place to generate referrals are from are going to be your actual clients. The best place to start are with the clients who are referred to you. Right. Because there is already a dynamic of trust and understanding how that referral piece works because they were on the, re the receiving end or the other end of that process. Not every client, though, is going to refer you, even if they were referred in. We're not looking for 100% of your clients to refer you. That'd be awesome. But we aim to start with the 20 to 30% and then grow that as we can by being more referable with the work that we do and the relationship we build with our clients. But in the beginning, we're going to start with, okay, I'm not a new agent. I've had people refer me. Who are those people? Let's get that list. Is it 12 people or is it 32 people? Or right. I am a new agent. Let's look at the clients that I've had over my first year or two, not really getting any referrals, but who of those clients seem to be natural connectors or seem to love their experience with me and have told me about it. And that if I cultivated the right relationship and worked in the right language, they could develop into a referral source. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, okay, well, that makes sense, right? I mean, you're just going with who you think, if you're a brand new agent, who you think could potentially be a good referral source right. based on, I mean, yeah, help me out with that a little bit. Like, okay. like, like, yep. So there's some descriptors we're kind of looking for. One, we want to know that they had amazing experience. So they had to have told you 
they had a great experience. Like that's, that's a clear indicator. They can verbalize the experience to you. They're more likely to be able to verbalize it to somebody else. Second, we also look for those people who I are, like that, by the way, right. so everybody listen to that. It, it, you know, if someone tells you consciously, which, uh, you know, affirmative appreciation or assertive appreciation is rare these days. So if somebody stops, if you stop someone and say, I want to let you know <laughs> that you did a great job for us. Thank you so much. And gives you specifics. I mean, that is someone who's consciously made a decision to, to do that. Um, and yes, and, and that's rare. So it means that they really, really, really feel like they could refer people to you. Right. Because their, their ability to verbalize it, right. Is what helps them be able to verbalize it later. And, you know, and what I'm not, what I'm not talking about is like, girl, it was great working with you. Like I'm talking about more of the yeah, heartfelt, yeah. we appreciated when you did this or how this went, or we couldn't have done this without you. I'm not, we're not looking for the average answer that they're going to tell you and then walk away and be like, God, that was awful. Right. We're looking for the answer. It's like, these are the things we appreciated when you did this. It meant a lot. When this happened, it didn't go well and you handled it well. They got to give you more than just a, Oh, it was great. Thanks. Let so and if, and if you're not in the business, but you know someone in church and they stop you and they go, you're such a good son to your mother. You know, you're always, you know, holding the door open for her and making sure she gets the church, uh, you know, on time. Or, you know, you're such a good father or just somebody who gives you some assertive appreciation for anything in life. Make a mental note right away. Right. Right. And, you know, put them on a list. Put them on the list. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> put them on, put the, them list. on the list. That person is a good uh, referral source. Potential. Absolutely. Potential. And so, yeah. yeah. And the other part of that is, okay, so we've got the people who've told you, right, you did a great job or I like your thing, any, you know, affirmative Anything in life, comments, yeah. right, in life. And then the other thing is, is look for those clients who seem to be natural connectors, right? So the easy thing to look for is, do you have clients that are in business development themselves? Right. So the CPA sitting in a cubicle all day long who just bought their first house. Right. I'm not saying anything. There's lots of CPAs who have amazing personalities. But if they didn't come across as someone who's well connected. Right. And like actually gets out there into the community right. and knows a lot of people. You may just not want to spend time on that person. But if you have somebody who seems to be what I call a natural connector, which means they seem to know people, they seem to be out in the community, out in the business world, their job puts them in that type of position or anytime you're having a conversation with them and it's not about the transaction of the home, you're trying to help them buy or sell, right? And they're, on, they're just naturally thinking of people they can connect you to. Those are the people we want to add to our list. So it's people who had people an amazing experience. meeting people at their job. I mean, it could right. be a barista, you know, I mean, it could be any, anybody that's got a lot of social interaction with their job. Yeah. And in a position to actually have conversations with people so that okay, the cool. idea of needing a real estate agent would come up, right? Not every day because that's not how it works, but it would come up enough. And when you follow the five steps, you'll always be top of mind to that barista or to that person who was in business development, who was a client from a year ago. They're always coming across people. You'll always be top of mind when the opportunity arises. Who do you think, like, get, let, let, let's stereotype. I know you didn't like <laughs> stereotyping the CPAs, but. I'm but, sorry. But no, no. No, you I feel bad. Sorry. You get it's hate true, mail. Right? It's reality, 99%. <laughs> it's very, it's very odd. I, I once had a, a very gregarious CPA and it, he was a rare bird. So what are some professions where people 
have time and opportunity to talk to people and find out that they're buying or selling real estate without actually looking for that conversation. So, no, I mean, I think the easiest thing to do is, is looking for people who are in business development sales roles themselves, business right? Are they in, are they in payroll sales, right? Are they, are they the business development person for a CPA firm? Are they an attorney that's responsible for building their own book of business? Are they a financial advisor that's always constantly out there meeting people, right? I mean, just looking for the people who are in business development sales roles, right? I mean, and that can run the gamut. The other thing is, is looking at people who are in, positions where they're around people a lot, meaning bigger companies, but also like they're in community affairs roles, right? So that's their job on behalf of their company to be out there, right? Marketing sometimes, um, sales always, but also community affairs, community development, those type of roles as well puts people out there into the community, getting to know people and, and more than just meeting one or two people, right? The people who attend networking events, small business owners are great for that because they're always out there, you know, just looking for their own businesses, but they're also coming across and meeting a lot of people and they're told to, told to grow their network. That's important. So they're doing that as well. And so I would say from when you're looking at who those people are and what that kind of looks like, right, it's just the people who are out there more than the person who sits in a cubicle or in an office all day long. And so those are what I would say was kind of like a good baseline. Who maybe in intuitively or internally, I should say, wants another connection with that person, meaning right. wants because they want to leave uh, a void there that they gave that person something. They want to leave a, they want to kind of leave a, a debit in that, in that person's bank account, even if it's giving them the name of a agent, right? So, so like, you know, nowadays, I think if you're in sales, and I know this, I've been in sales my whole life, that you can connect with someone on a much deeper level if you not only meet them one day, but then the next couple of days you follow up. You friend them on Facebook or you send them an email. Great to meet you. Here's that agent's name I told you about, right? Here's yeah, that. So people that, that feel an internal need to help other people out because it actually helps them in the long run because right. there's, you know, because they're like, oh yeah, that's the guy. I met 30 people last night and this is the guy that said he was going to give me a real estate agent's name and he's good at follow-up because he actually did what he says. It just links that in. So I think there's a lot of people that go out to these parties and things like that, that are actually looking to do people solids um, so that they can follow up with them and they can be remembered even you know, if it's just a referral of a name. Does this make sense? It does. It's called operating in the social currency economy. Whoa, whoa. Right? Operating in the social currency economy. Let's so tell me about that. So that's the whole idea that if I give, I will receive. Maybe not from you. If I give to you, I may not receive from you, but the way it kind of works out there in the economy is, right, if I'm helping others, eventually help will come back to me. It's that mm. go-givers mentality. And yes. you, know, you kind of think about it from that social currency economy. Most of us are givers, right, because we know at some point we're going to have to be takers. Some people are just takers. And they're exhausting, right? And they don't operate in the social currency economy. Their bank account is always in the negative, right? But most of us operate in that idea that if I give, if I socially give to help other people, right, that is what allows it to come back to help and to give back to me 
when I need it. And it may not be one for one. That's not how it works with karma. And that's not how it works in the go-giver's mentality. But that idea that if I'm helping others, eventually the help will come back to me. Most of us operate in that mindset. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets newsletters that are sent out sphere of influence forms referral request forms and the list goes on and on if you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox that's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999 that's toolbox to 444-999 No, I love it. I actually was listening to a podcast yesterday while I was hiking and, and the whole thing was about creating a debt, you know, that creates a vacuum that you have to be paid back in order to build wealth. Meaning like uh, the, the guy was asked a simple question, like, you know, what's the best way to build wealth or grow a company? And, it, and he's like, you start out by creating this massive debt in the universe, meaning you, you give a million dollars away in the universe of, of, free help to people and just naturally the universe is just going to repay that debt eventually you know but then you have to start out with that mentality and maybe that's the same thing for referrals you have to start out in a mentality of, of help creating a massive debt so that you're constantly helping people um and then it'll just get repaid i mean we're getting deep here but you know i right. just happen to have listened to that so it's right on my mind no, and you're right. And it's that whole idea of helping, right? If I, the more people I help, right, it'll come back in turn and hopefully in spades. All right. So let's move on to step two. Okay, perfect. So step one was identifying who are our referral sources or who should be our referral sources and cultivating them, right? So step two is, okay, this is the step that most people are like, oh, it's the throwaway step. It's the, you know, I got that, but then they don't have it right. And so this is all about getting this step right. And this is about, you have to have a process to immediately follow up with someone when you receive a referral. And what I mean by that, Pat, is you can, if I send you a referral, Pat, you cannot send me an email, and I would prefer that you not call me, though calling is sometimes better than sending an email, and not text me. What you need to do is you need to sit down the way your mama taught you and write a handwritten thank you note to say thank you for the referral received. And most people intend to do this. And then busy and life and work gets in the way and they just shoot off the email thinking that's good enough. Because it's thank hard you. because you, you chunk it like Anthony Robbins used that term chunk, which means in your mind, you keep adding steps that don't really exist. The step is write a thank you note, but in your mind, you chunk it. You're like, oh, then first I got to get out the card. Then I got to get out the envelope. Then I got to <laughs> write it. Then I got to write the address. Then I got to find a stamp. Then I got to go find one of my return address labels. Then I got to walk it over to the box. So you chunk it so you're like, at least this is what I do. I'll admit this. But then I end up never writing thank you notes. Right, right? shame, in reality, shame. It's as easy as checking emails, right? It takes the same amount of time. 
Right. And so here's the thing, right? And that's the point of why we take the time to write a thank you note. And so for people who tell me, they're like, they're like oh, that's just a lot of work. I'm like, okay, then put your stamps, your envelopes, your return address labels, and your thank you notes on your desk and don't ever move the stack. So that when you need them, you grab them, right? In my office, there's one place I go and I grab them, right? So that I have them, they're right there and I can't build up the excuses as to why this is gonna take so long. And if you actually time yourself, start to finish writing a thank you note, we're talking under two minutes, unless you spend an exorbitant amount of time writing or figure, thinking about what you're gonna write. And so the reality is, is that it's an easy thing to do, but do you know how much better it feels to the person to receive a thank you note than it is to receive, of course, right, your email? Your email's lost in my inbox. It's just more noise. And I appreciate it when I get around to reading it. But a thank you note does something an email or a text message can't do. And that is to show that I'm worthy of your time. You thought enough about me. And this is critical for the language piece to work. You thought enough about me to take the time to write a note thanking me for what I did. And that means something. And it's sad that in our society today that that means something because no one's doing it. And so it stands out and it gets noticed and it is given more value and more weight than the simple email that I know took you 12 seconds to do. This had to take you at least a couple of minutes. And I had to be on your mind front and center for a couple of minutes versus a couple of seconds. Yeah. Especially if the thank you note isn't, um, you know, just like, you know, thank you, right? Just like, you know, signed your name or, or some sort of cliche, right? Like I right. literally, I got a thank you note about, and I still haven't reached out to this guy to tell him this, this guy, Cecil young guy is in commercial real estate, uh, wrote me a thank you note. And there was about three compliments in it. They're really like thought well thought of, like okay. I respect you as a, you know, as a father. And, and I can't remember exactly what they were, but they were just, you know, just really deep stuff that, that he obviously had to think about. And uh, I got it, and I was like, you know, that is a great thank you note. And it actually inspired me to write nine thank you notes to nine of the instructors on one of the courses I'm building, the Certified Real Estate Mogul course, to all these real estate moguls and saying thank you for, you know, helping me with this course. And it inspired me to find three things about them that I like and write those three things in there. Like, I really like how you, you know, manage your company. I really like, you know, how you put family first, whatever it was, I found three things about them. And, uh, you know, I just felt like that, that was a much more impactful way to write a thank you note and to get them to notice the thank you note, just like I noticed Cecil's. I was like, damn, that's a good thank you note. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, and from, from that perspective, you paid attention to it. To, and I don't even know how long ago this was, but you're still talking about it. Yeah. It still yeah. impacts you to this day. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, this is a great, I mean, I, you know, cause you get plenty of them that are like, Hey, thank you. Or, you know, they underline some of the hallmark sayings in it or, you know, great to meet you or whatever, you know, but, yep. but how many people actually sit down and say, I admire the way you, you're whatever X, Y, and Z. Right. So. And I think that's the, that's the piece that people don't, rem, don't always pay attention to is how valuable that is. And that's why I say an immediate step two is 
every time I receive a referral, there's this process I go through where I write a handwritten note. Now, what I say in that note matters, but it matters more that I'm equating the time you took and how valuable that must mean I am to you. And that stuff matters. And I think when people go through my program, like I think that's the piece that we overlook until we have actually seen it all laid out. And then we put it into practice and it starts to work is, you know, Pat, nothing I teach is rocket science. It just doesn't. I just figured out how to put the pieces together in an order that people follow and then based on how we're using the human dynamic and the psychology behind how and why a referral happens, we're just leveraging that to our advantage, but it all comes to a place of taking care of people. And so when they do this stuff, they're like, this feels natural. I'm like, good, because if it didn't, it wouldn't work. But like, <laughs> this feels natural. And it's like something I should have been doing all along. And I don't feel uncomfortable doing it. I'm like, no, because you're coming from a place of gratitude. You're coming from a place of thankfulness, which most of us actually feel about the people who send us referrals. We are thankful. Even if they send us a pain in the rear client, right? We are grateful that they think enough about us to do that. This is just a process and a system to build the habit in them to do it more, but it all comes from a place of care, like just caring about them, which, you know what? We don't have enough of in our world today. We just don't. I agree. Yeah. So, you know, do it that night or do it the next morning before you check your email. That's the bottom line and make it heartfelt. Yes. And so step three, right? So now, okay, we've identified who our referral sources are. Now, every time we receive a referral, we know exactly what we're going to do. Step three is, is that, and this is what we talked about on the other episode as well, is really looking into, okay, but you're not going to receive a referral every week, every day, every month. So in between those times of not receiving a referral, what can you do for your referral sources that keeps you connected to them and that keeps you top of mind, not keeping in touch, but top of mind so that when an opportunity arises, they only think of you. And the idea behind that is it's just an outreach and we build it out over a 12 month plan. It's just a one year plan and it doesn't mean we're doing something every month, but it is a one year plan where what we're building out and what we're looking at is how do I stay in front of and stay top of mind with authenticity and then care, right? And then really thankfulness and gratitude for my referral sources throughout the year so that I can build the habit in them to generate referrals. So, you know, one of the examples we talked about last time is for my top referral sources for Mother's Day, right? I gave Wonder Woman water bottles to all of the women that were mothers that were my top referral sources, something they didn't expect, they didn't see coming, and it told them that I cared about them. And it was just a touch point, right? So this 12-month plan or just a series of touch points that remind them that I don't forget about them and that they mean something to me. And we do it in a way that honors them. It's not my logo on a water bottle. It's all about them. And I don't mean you have yeah. to do gifts, right? You can do other things other than gifts. You don't have to spend a bunch of money. No, let's, let's, that let's, was just an example. Let's stop right there because that's, I, like, I like the word you use. First of all, you're honoring them and you're not giving them a chip clip with, that says Pat Ivan Real Estate Group or <laughs> um, you know, something like that, right? You're giving right. them a Wonder Woman water bottle. And, and I'm going to go back to this thank you note you know, from Cecil. It was, you know, you inspire me too, or I admire you for. It's the same thing. It's the honor in it, I think, that, that makes it so impactful, right? It's like, right. you know, you should almost put those words above your desk like what about this person inspires you or do you admire about and write that as because people like it i think right when they feel like they're doing if they're just inspiring someone to do something else right you inspire me to be a better mother myself i mean what how much better of a compliment you can you get for that you know uh, from from somebody like that and then you give them a wonder woman water bottle i mean they're gonna love you 
Right. And that's the thing, right? It's, it's taking the time to care about them because we don't do that enough. All right. And we're not doing that with a thousand people. We're not doing that probably with a hundred people. We're probably doing it with a couple of dozen or maybe a dozen. Um, as it grows, there'll be more. And we're just taking the time to remind them of what they mean to us. And the reality of it is, when you think about the, the human dynamic and the psychology behind it is, is when someone does something kind for us, we naturally elevate them in our mind because we're not just a number to them. We're not just one more client to them. We're not just one more person in the thousands of people they know in their network. They see us. So when, when you get elevated in someone's mind, what happens? So when you get elevated in your mind, elevated in someone's mind, you stay there. Now we want to continue to stay there, which is why we build out touch points over the course of a year. And we want to be impactful, what I call memorable and meaningful with this outreach so that we can be elevated so that as opportunities arise to refer, we're the only person they think of. And most people think, well, they won't come across opportunities. Well, you don't know that. You don't know what opportunities they'll come across to refer you. And you don't know if they'll start looking for opportunities to refer you. They'll start seeking them out. Like this is where the kind of like this, that magical piece, there's not really magic, but it's like that piece behind it that really starts to happen. When you take care of people, they naturally want to take care of you. It is how God designed us. Most of us, I would say not everybody fits that mold. But when I'm helping you, right, when you do something nice for me, it it triggers something in me to want to do something nice for you back. It may not be the same thing. So you give me a referral. I may not be able to give you a referral, but I want to make sure that I'm thanking you for that and that that's being remembered. And that's what people forget. Like at the heart of this is this whole idea and dynamic behind this is how we work as humans. When we can stay top of mind and show care and say, I see you, I appreciate you, you mean something to me, we're built to naturally want to reciprocate to that. What I don't want you to do is shortchange the reciprocation in that, start by asking people for referrals. I want you to move on to step four, which is using the right language to weave into that outreach to remind them ever so gently of referrals without ever directly asking. And that's gonna cement into their subconscious in terms of how they're to think about you. So they, you're doing wonderful things for them because it's coming from the right place of you caring and feeling gratitude and thanking them, right, for what they mean to you. And they're going to think about how to help you. And you're just going to give them some language to help them know what you're looking for. But you're never going to ask. You're never going to make them uncomfortable and put them on the spot. I love this because, you know, and I love your reference to subconscious and conscious. Because if I were to call you and say, Stacy, you know, um, who do you know that needs to buy or sell a house in the next six months? That's a conscious question, right? You're, it's very conscious, right? It's like, let me think, right? It's and I visualize this brain, right? And by you saying, by say writing this thank you note or, 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 or doing what we're saying in the first three steps, you're elevating in that person's mind. So uh, just visualize like a name, right? Mm -hmm. It's being elevated inside of a brain and, and all these steps and all these things that you're teaching, take that name and eventually move it into the little tiny piece of your brain called the subconscious. Right. And so it's almost like a process of almost like the camel getting into the brain, right? right? Instead of the <laughs> tent. Into that tent. It's the camel, your name, right? getting into the subconscious, which is a small piece of the brain uh, through elevation. I mean, I just love this visual. Uh, maybe I'm thinking too hard, but this is no. kind of really neat. It's a neat process. Yeah, and it's, it's a part of sales and business that we don't think enough about because we're just after the next close, right? We're after right. the next client. We're after, we have to Bottom step line. back. 
Right. We, we have to step back. And that's why I tell folks, look, you should have a prospecting plan where you go and ask for the business and you do your networking and you farm your neighborhoods and you've got those prospecting activities because you need to eat tomorrow. And you should have a marketing plan that helps you build publicity and brand awareness and being known amongst the thousands and thousands of real estate agents in your market. But you also need a referral plan and the, the tactics and the mindset and the activities you do in those three are different. And you need to walk into your referral plan knowing, okay, this isn't about what can I get today? Or what can I get tomorrow? And close, close, close. What I may think in my prospecting world, in this world, it's like, hey, I'm going to take care of these people so that they're giving me referrals every year for the next 10 years. Mm, right? Yeah. And that's why we don't ask because the ask short changes what we're trying to build into the subconscious of becoming a habit. I want referring me to be a habit in the people who are my referral sources, which means it's okay if the habit only happens once a year, but it's once a year I can count on it. Ideally, though, I'm after this habit happening multiple times in a year, year after year after year. And what that then gives me is true sustainability in my business where I know if I follow this plan, I will do these things, right, to raise my level of, of, of consciousness in their brains to their subconscious to take care of them where they will help me. And then from that, I can expect X number of referrals. And it ebbs and it flows, and it's not a perfect science. But the reality is, is that's how I've built my business over the last, like, four or five years is over 100 referrals every year. I don't worry about the other ways my business is coming in. Now, volume may say that you can never be 100% referrable or referrals because you need to get them from the other ways. That's fine. But what if 50% of all of your clients that worked with you, right, came through referral and you didn't have to work hard for it? That's what I want for people. I mean, there's certainly plenty of agents there that are all, you know, referral, repeat business, uh, just like any, you know, plenty of businesses, not just real estate agents yes. uh, too. But anyways, okay, so let's jump in. Uh, um, let's jump in the words. This is what I'm excited about, yes. right? Language, right? Language, when, step when want, four. Yeah, step four. So Give it, give us some language to use. I want people to be like listening to this in their car, Stacy, and all of a sudden pull over uh, and, and write down some words that they didn't think about using when talking to people about referrals. Right. So, yes, yeah, please pull over. Do not get in a car accident. Do not blame it on Pat. Don't blame me. Blame Pat. Um, so, step four is, is using the right language, what I call referral seeds. So it's planting the referral seeds in all of the outreach that we do to our referral sources so that we're continually reminding them in a very authentic, genuine, and not in your face kind of way, because that's the habit we're trying to build is for referrals. Now, the truth is this language can happen in a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to happen in this outreach plan, right? The language is happening in that immediate um, card that you send as a thank you. The easiest way to plant a seed is to always make sure you're thanking the person who referred you by using the name of the person they referred to you. So Pat, if you referred me Sally, right, it's making sure when I write the card to thank you, it's saying, Pat, thank you for the referral to Sally, right? It is an honor to work with the people you know and care about. Please let me know how I can ever help you. I did three things in that card. First, I planted the seed of reminding you who you referred to me, right? And the minute okay. you can connect that I refer to human, oh, right, like that is, that's a subconscious click, right? Oh, that's right, I referred somebody. Name, you know, because I know I, when, when I was in the business, I can remember, you know, going, either I can't remember how to spell the person's name or <laughs> I didn't ask how to spell it or, you know what I mean? Like, um, 
or, or I forget, uh, thank you for the referral. Thank you for the recent referral. So you're saying it's very, very important to put exactly who it is. Yeah, so it's tell about that person. Yeah. The first and last name. So thank so Pat, thank you for the referral to Sally Brown, right? So it's I've got to I've got to plant the seed of reminding you exactly what you did. Because when I use generic language like thank you for the recent referral, well referral to what? Was it a client? Was it a connection? Right. Was it a vendor? Was yeah. it somebody who can you know um, take pictures of them in my house? Like right, so I've got to specifically tell you exactly what you did. Then the second piece of that language is reminding you how much I appreciate that and subtly saying wanting more of that, which is it is an honor to help the people, people plural, not person, right? To help the people you know and care about. Right? Thank you for trusting me. It is, so it's thank you for trusting me to help the people you know and care about, right? It is an honor to help the people you know and care about. I'm planting a plural referral seed there in terms of you know more, and I want to know them, and it's an honor to be able to know them, right? But I didn't ask. And then I make it all about you, and I final and I finish the note with, "Let me know how I can help you." This isn't a one-way street. This is a two-way street, and I want to make sure you remember that. Now, you may never ask me for help. That's not the point. The point is, I want you to think about me as someone who will help you because I've written it that I will help you, right? So that's how. That's just the thank you. Right, the immediate thank you that has its own language, referral planting seed language. But there's lots of other times when we need to use the right referral planting seed language. Every outreach we do. Now, mm -hmm. now do you do you recommend for real estate agents to just leave it at that? Leave it at let me know how I can help you, and wait for a wait for them to ask, or wait for the opportunity to rise where you can help them, or, or do and or do you say? Put a gift certificate in there for a hundred dollars to Uber, or put this in there, or you know, do you, so you recommend any of that? Or so you or? can. I typically tell people you don't need to do it with the very first referral. If your budget allows it, then heck, do it, right? But if your budget doesn't allow nothing it, nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. But it here's the difference to why it works because it's unexpected, right? So I have people who refer me, and sometimes I feel like I'm writing them three notes in a month. Well, by the second or third note, I'm getting ready to write. I'm probably going to drop in a gift card. Right, whether that's for a car wash or like you said to Uber or a coffee shop or a restaurant or whatever it is, I'm probably going to include that. Right. You can and you don't have to. Right. What I tell what I do tell people is if you're the type of person who believes that once you do it once, you have to keep doing it, then take caution before you do it. I don't believe if I do it once, I have to do it every time. So I'm not held by that mindset trap that if I send you a gift card once, I have to do it every single time you send me a referral. So I can do it once and not feel guilty about doing it a second time. But if you're that type of person, be yeah. conscious of when you decide to start adding something to the note. Okay. But again, right, we now have, that's just when we're thanking them for a referral. There's all those right. other times when we're not receiving a referral to immediately thank them where we need to be planting seeds. And so when you think about those moments where you can plant seeds, right, Within, so I'm going to talk about this in two ways. Within the referral generating plan, that 12 month plan that we're going to create that's going to have that outreach or our touch points throughout the year that keeps us top of mind, memorable and meaningful, there is language woven through each of those touch points that mm. just reminds you, thanks you and reminds you from a referral perspective. But that's not the only time to do it, right? Every time somebody says, hey, Pat, how's business? How do you answer that question typically? Well, if I was a real estate agent, the standard answer is business is growing or, 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 mm -hmm. 
or I'm busy. It's booming or, or it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to say because it makes you look like a loser. You're not going to say, oh, it's been the worst month ever or the market's slow. Right. Or I'm just well, a really bad realtor. <laughs> right. You know, I spent more money than I made. Right. You're not going to tell them the truth. It's just going to be a cliche. It's kind of like, how you doing? I'm doing good. Right. You could be having the worst day of your life. You're going to be saying, I'm, you know, I'm doing good. Right. So the reality is, is you're going to answer with things are good. Things are great. Business yeah. is booming, right? A BS right. answer. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing really, and those answers could be the truth or to your point, they could yeah, be that's covering could other be things. Thing. Absolutely. Right? Hopefully they are, right? Well, yeah. And hopefully they are. But here's the thing. They're very generic. Right, the truth or not, they're extremely yeah, they generic nothing. answers. They don't even pay attention, yeah. And I'm not hearing you because I am expecting you to tell me business is right. good. It's almost like I ask it when I don't really want a response, right? I'm not really expecting a reply. Right, right. right. So here's the thing: then I need my answer to be a pattern interrupt to get your attention, and at the same time, I want to plant a referral seed in your mind. And guess what? I'm not going to go on and on and on about it. That's not the point. So how I would answer the question if you said, "Hey, Stacy, how's business?" I would be like, "Hey." Thanks for asking. Business is growing. Last week alone, I just received three new clients by referral. Or I just had four people refer me new clients to work with. I'm so excited. That's all I have to say. If it was a pattern interrupt to the person I said it to and they were actually listening, they may then ask about the referrals. Wow, that's a lot of referrals. What are you doing to be able to generate so much referrals? Now I've opened the door. Now we're having a conversation about my business from a referral perspective, right? So there are times to plant seeds, not just to our referral sources, but to anybody because you never know who could become a referral source in just how we answer the house business question. Now, you can't lie. You can't say, oh my God, I got three referrals last week when you haven't had a referral in 30 months, right? I mean, like you can't lie about it, but there are ways to say, if you haven't received so many referrals, another way to say that was, thanks so much for asking. Business is great. I can't believe how many of my clients, not giving a time frame, how many of my clients have come through referrals. It's been an amazing way to do business. But we're just using that word and we're putting it in there. Not everybody will latch on and ask about it, but most people will remember that you said it. Here's the thing. If I say that to you and then I don't talk to you for six months, I may have planted a seed, but I gave it no water. So I don't expect it to grow. That's okay. No, I love this because it's like, you know, you're planting these seeds. It's, it's, it's again, it goes back. I hate, I hate having to bring this up over and over again, but you're going back to the camel in the tent, right? Most agents are thinking about sales, right? They're thinking about how's business. Oh, it's great. We sold five houses last month or I had six settlements last month right. or whatever. And they're going to the camel saying, it's cold out here. Can I put my entire giant body in this little <laughs> tent, right? No, you, your, your idea is, no, you focus on the nose of the camera. You focus right. on what comes first, and that's the referral. And you, you're monomaniacal about referral, 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 referral. That's all you care about is the referral. You're not thinking way beyond that. Right, exactly. And so this whole idea of just talking about the nose, right? The camel in the tent with the nose is, is that this shows up in a lot of opportunities. What about the first time you're having a conversation with someone and they're considering hiring you to help them sell their home or to help them buy a home, right? It's weaving in that language when they talk to you about, okay, so tell me about how you do business. There's nothing wrong with them saying, well, the majority of my clients come through referral, right? And it gives me the opportunity to, to really form a level of trust 
with my clients, right? So there's lots of ways to plant these seeds that doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be like complex, like we're really looking for a specific way to like, this is exactly what I have to say. Just let it work itself to end the conversation, right? And, you know, when I think about when someone comes to work with me and like they start working with me, right? Maybe they come to my program or they're a VIP one-on-one -on -one student with me and I know they were referred. When they start working with me, I will make sure I remind them at some point while they're in that new client stage to remind them that they came through a referral. I'll do it when I'm meeting with them in the first meeting before we're having a conversation of, hey, do you, or is this a fit? Do you want to work with me, right? It's the same conversation. It's like never missing an opportunity to tell them that they were referred to you if they were, right? So you can plant these seeds at all different times. I call this kind of like planting these seeds in what we call like the buyer's journey or like early journey scripts. There's lots of other types of language and scripts that you can weave in once someone's become a referral source as well. But the key here is, is to always talk about your business from the referral perspective, but in a way that feels authentic and natural to you, not like it's forced some script you're trying to remember. I try not to give really like long detailed scripts and say, memorize it and give it the way it is. I say, here's the basic concept. Here's the formula of what you want to say. Now make it sound like you, but here's the pieces I want to make sure you hit on. I love it. I love this. I love this. Okay. So what's the fifth and final step? Fifth and final step is, so here's the thing. What your referral sources need from you, Pat, what they need is an experience. They need a referral experience. All those touch points, that language, that thank you. It's all part of an experience they feel by being a, a referral source to you. What you need though, Pat, is a process because you don't want this to become overwhelming and you don't want to not execute on it because you forgot about it. So the fifth step is all about making sure that we're automating this. We're not going to be out, outsourcing a lot of it, but some pieces we can. And so we want to do that. And then we want to measure and we want to track our results. Okay. Just simple as that. And, and, yep. and I like, what, what do you recommend? How do you automate this process. Give me some, some meat and potatoes there. Yeah. The easiest way to automate this is to use what you already have in your business. So if you run your business off of an automated or digital to-do list or you put everything in your calendar, then when you have your referral generating plan built with me, I want you then to take it and go put it into your calendar. So if one of your touch points is going to be personalized Christmas cards, don't think about that in March. That's crazy. But <laughs> make sure in November it's on your calendar, it's on your task list to remind you that you need to be thinking about your personalized Christmas cards as part of your outreach plan. I see. So it's, it's it, stupid simple. You know what I mean? Like it's this, I'm not, right. don't, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. have a CRM loaded into your CRM. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I teach a couple of ways. Like I, I teach a couple, like this one called pipe drive or whatever for people who use that for prospecting. Pipe drive, you can yeah. use that. that with Rebus university now, actually. Yeah. Yep. You can use that for the referral part too. And so that's what I teach in the program. But I also tell folks you don't have to like, Use your Outlook, use your Gmail, right? Use your Apple Mail, use your calendar feature and right. just get what you say you're going to do throughout the year into the calendar with enough time to remind you to do it. And if there's pieces you can outsource, outsource it. And let me tell you, anything that takes handwriting, it's going to need to be in your writing. Minus envelope labels. <laughs> I, I really don't care about your envelope labels and who writes those or if they're labels. But anything that takes handwriting throughout that 12-month plan you've just built, that referral generating plan, if it's handwriting, baby, it's all you. So you're either going to write slow because your handwriting sucks or you just have accepted the fact you're going to have to take some time to do that. 
Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Okay, so Stacy, this has been awesome, man. I mean, this has Thanks. been uh, tons of meat and potatoes and some really, really solid stuff. I'm going to put all of Stacy's information. I don't know what we called your first one, actually, but... Um, I'm, oh, SBR. Is that what we call it? Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. You're prepared. So th- this is going to be SBR2. So uh, <laughs> hybendigital.com, SBR, and the number two hybendigital.com, SBR, and the number two, all our information there, a link to our website to, uh, you know, that shows you like her coaching programs and all the great things that she offers. Uh, and in addition, as every guest does, Stacy has brought uh, something special for everybody here. Uh, Stacy, what's your free gift today? So even though the book's not out, I don't want people to be waiting till October to be able to get their hands on the book. So I've got a free chapter that I will provide a link to that you can put into the show notes so people can go online and they can download that free chapter and start reading soon and start learning what they need to know to have that referral explosion. That's awesome. So guys, that'll be on hybendigital.com, SBR2 backslash SBR2. It'll also be in the toolbox at hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text the word toolbox to 444-999 and you'll get Stacy's free chapter and among um, many, many, many other things that every agent who has come on the show recently has given and donated to the toolbox. So Stacy, listen, again, listen, this is so much fun. Uh, you're in Charlotte, right? I am in Charlotte. Yep. Well, next time I'm in Charlotte, uh, which isn't too far from me now, I'll uh, look you up and we'll get together and break some bread. That sounds awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button yes hit subscribe please the more subscribers that we get on real estate rock stars the better guests are attracted to the shows we'll get more guests from the top companies from the top teams and even more celebrity guests like robert kiyosaki and barbara corcoran also if you're not a member of our free facebook group go to real estate rock stars radio right on facebook and Join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers, and I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram, as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.